What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We are loaded up today, man. We're going to have some fun, plenty of things going on in the world of sports, an incredible NBA finish that took a little extra time. Uh, objections, Your Honor, when it comes to foreign substances in Major League Baseball. CBS Sports is out with their predictions, win totals, and they've already called their shot wins and losses. Where does Nebraska figure into the mix? We'll chat with Mike Babcock, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine in my hand. Oh, yes, it is the Hale Varsity yearbook with Big Ben Stilly on the cover. I have one for you, too, Elijah. Uh, that was the next question I was going to ask. was like, well, I uh, this past Christmas bought my dad a subscription to Hale Varsity, brought my brother a subscription to Hale Varsity, but I didn't buy myself a subscription to Hale Varsity. Well, there, there's uh, thankfully, we still get uh, some issues sent here. Well, I, it's I, kind of I like so. it's kind of <laughs> like well, but it's kind of like Billy Madison. It's not quite nudie magazine day, but hey, the yearbook is here. Incredible work by the staff; they are phenomenal. They are the best there is in college, and uh, it's nice. It's nice. The yearbook's money, and uh, plenty of, of Husker indulgence to come. So, Babbers on the way here in uh, twenty minutes. Mike Shuhart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. We'll get Shuey's take on the U.S. Open and see how the divot dogs are doing and then in the five o'clock hour it is the uh well it's the top dog with mississippi state uh football uh the pirate mike leach we will check in on him down in key west and uh he is a huge baseball fan so we will talk to him uh his first job that got him hooked on coaching was as a baseball coach in junior high so we will have we will have plenty of fun with the pirate uh, in the five o'clock hour. It's about a twenty-five minute chat with the pirate, so you're going to want to stick and stay for that. We'll have a jock doc coming up here on win or win. Kawhi Leonard can get back with Doctor Ben Woodhead. Numbers to get in four six six three seven seven six four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Find us on Twitter, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore Radio. At Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. And email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Tomorrow we are on the road at the College World Series again with our friends from Zipline. uh, Just right near TD Ameritrade Park. 721 North 14th in downtown Omaha. So come see us if you're heading up. Uh, Intriguing ball game tonight with Stanford and Vandy. Uh, I did not stay up i i cooked a little dinner and crashed but the nba is getting pretty juicy i mean it's just getting absolutely juicy and what a finish uh with uh, the suns 
Our dear friend Jacob Padilla is smiling about his sons. Anton, a nice tip dunk that uh, was not violation above the cylinder. Uh, and then you had uh, Paul George go clankety clank clank, which is too bad if you're a Paul George fan uh, for that finish. Baseball was nuts last night, no pun intended, with the amount of uniform removal last evening. So we'll get to that. Well, and not to mention College World Series last night. It was oh, a great I was, game. I was getting there with what Callum Clark and, and Tanner Allen did. I mean, you're, you're getting worked. You're getting small balled to death. By Virginia, they're a class act, great program, uh, not too far removed from a championship. And you're down four rip, and here comes the top of the eighth. Hell, let's put up some, uh, let's put up a crooked number uh, in the form of the long ball. So that was that was incredible. And that game was was pretty quick last night. Actually, I was listening to it on the way home, and man, uh, what what never say die, right? Never say die in baseball. You say going pretty quick. That's what happens whenever you get no hit into the eighth inning. But then I think that top half of the eighth where they made, I mean, how many runs they score? Six runs in the top half of the eighth. Six, Uh, all six. Yeah, and uh, they ended up. I think that. That happening took like a good like half hour. That's baseball for you, but just pure excitement up in Omaha. That's what the College World Series is all about. Is those fans were into that game last night, despite the fact that one team was being hit, no hit into the eighth innings. That was awesome. That was awesome. Here's the thing: uh, baseball's been so joyous, and if it's played right, defense, good pitching, it's not a merry-go-round of walks, and then you get the big hit, you get something brewing, and the drama of baseball is is so much fun where you're down to two strikes or you're down to two outs and you just have one of those money at bats where you foul off a pitch you foul off a pitch and then you you turn on one and and mississippi state turned on on a couple last night a three-run shot and then the two-run shot so it was uh, it was impressive and you know you, you look at the fan bases and i'll say this here nebraska fans you are legendary and phenomenal with, A, your travel, and we've all experienced it growing up. Uh, you picked that one game a year to go to on the road, especially when it was the old Big 8 or Big 12. It was drivable. But Nebraska fans, invade, have a good time, drink your beer, and I'll pat you on the back. Nebraska fans, legendary for their travel and their their spending, quite honestly. I mean, Nebraska fans have been great at drinking a lot of beer in Manhattan, in 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 Ames. In they ran out of Coors in the ninety seven Colorado Nebraska game. I, I I kid you not. We were staying at the Harvester, Golden Colorado's fifteen minutes away, and they're out of Coors. They're out of Coors Light. And it, it was Nebraska fans are great. Tell you what, the SEC fans, I know I know uh, LSU fans get after it, but Mississippi State fans Man, they were they were loving life, and they party hard. I mean, you got you got the 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 Ole Miss fan that they get after it with the hard stuff. Elijah, you've been in the outfield down there. Mississippi State fans get after it with the suds. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's like people all say that in Nebraska. Like, oh, what else is there to do besides uh, watch football in Nebraska in the fall? And it's true, but what else is there to do in Mississippi besides I don't know? Is it? drink beer and eat roadkill like what, what do they do down there they I don't were know. fresh out of roadkill <laughs> i'm here to chew a uh, bubble gum and kick butt and i'm out of bubble gum right well uh beer drinking to a new heights is is what i was told last night from a friend that was at the game so let's uh get into some nebraska football thoughts so how does six and six grab you 
Huh? Buy, sell, or hold. Well, you've got the Big Ten win total projections and odds by CBS Sports. So, that is not my phone, I promise you. That is a Facebook ad. The speaker was left up. <laughs> it isn't naughty time. <laughs> I was like, what's playing? Oh, it's a uh, seductive Facebook ad. Good. Computer's on, on, on mute. Okay. So, Big Ten, win totals, odds, predictions, and Ohio State and, and Wisconsin. Shock. They're your, your favorites for, for each division here. But uh, Tom Fernelli got after it here and uh, kind of went through things. And this is with William Hill Sportsbook. So we're going to look at Illinois for just two seconds because that is the opener. That is the biggest opener for Nebraska football in a long time when it comes to feelings and optimism. And, you know, do you get, do you get off on the right foot if you're Nebraska football? Three and a half wins for the Illini they beat Maryland. They beat Rutgers, and and allegedly they beat <laughs> they beat Northwestern this year. So they have Illinois at five wins. The the line is three and a half right now, late June, over or under three and a half. Looking at their schedule, they're at Virginia. They have Nebraska. I think if they beat Nebraska, I I they absolutely go over three and a half wins. They could be a five-win team, but what kind of start do you get off under a new regime? They play Penn State. They play Wisconsin. They're at Minnesota. They're at Iowa. They'll bite somebody. They pray that it isn't Nebraska. I don't think they beat Northwestern. I don't think they beat Maryland. I just I, They probably beat Charlotte. They probably beat uh, University of, Tana, uh, Te- of Texas San Antonio. I'm going to say I'm going under. Three and a half, but if they beat Nebraska over, can I can I amend that? Sure. Uh, when we look at Nebraska, Iowa's in at eight and a half wins. Indiana's at seven and a half. They take a bit of a step back. And uh, Maryland right at six wins. Michigan at seven and a half wins. Sparty at four and a half. And then you have the, the, the Gophers at seven. Nebraska right at six. That's the number. Over, under... Or just right. They say Nebraska wins at Illinois. They say Nebraska gets Fordham. They beat Buffalo. They beat Northwestern. They beat Purdue. They finally stop the Iowa streak. Nebraska's losses at OU against Michigan, at Michigan uh, State, at Minnesota, at Wisconsin, Ohio State. I think if Nebraska, here's what's huge Nebraska needs to start 3 0. They need to get out of September. Four and one, right? They need to get out of September four and one. That means you bounce back and respond if you lose by three or by 30 in Norman. You need to go beat Mel and Sparty on the road the following week to end September. Four and one September. It's got to happen. Needs to happen. Can happen. Nebraska's a, a, a better football team Right now, as we talk, barring insane fall camp injuries, then the teams they face in September, uh, not named Oklahoma. 
Six wins. I, I, I in, in late June, am going to go over six. I'm going to go over six. It's not ink. I will take six. I don't think Nebraska will lose to Sparty. I think Nebraska can beat Iowa. I think they can beat Northwestern. I think they should beat Purdue. They should beat Michigan, Minnesota, or Wisconsin. They need to go one and one and two in, in that three-game stretch. Oklahoma and Iowa and Ohio State, they're off the table. Right? Everyone else is a coin flip or probably a seven to ten point ball game. If we want to get real serious about, you know, what, what Wisconsin may be. Ohio State and Oklahoma, they're they're double digit favorites over Nebraska. Uh, is Nebraska double digit underdog to Iowa? No. Are they a double digit dog? to Purdue or Northwestern or at Minnesota or Michigan? No. Nebraska, once again, Elijah, is loaded with a 1,050-50 games, mm-hmm. right? And when we talk about your feelings, your optimism, your patience level with Nebraska football and what 6-6 six and six looks like, if you're 500 with this schedule, that's great. If you're bowl eligible with this schedule, that's progress. And I'll say this, if, if if you improve your record in one score games to three and three, you win some of them, you lose some of them, that also is progress where you're not going one in four. Okay? I mean, that's all part of this, this building block here with 2021. Now, if you shock the world and you go get a win, a signature win, and there's a lot on the, the schedule that you can, uh, can sign, Iowa would be a big win. Wisconsin would be a big win. Michigan and Minnesota, you go win at Minnesota, I think that's impressive. It's not the shock and awe of losing by a field goal in Norman or losing by a touchdown at home to Ohio State. But you're at the point right now that P.J. Flex is a good football coach and Minnesota is a good program, but they're absolutely beatable. They have found ways to be decent in close games. Iowa finds a way in close games. Wisconsin and Iowa, whoever screws up the least in that annual bash fest, ends up probably ruling the division that year. Then there's Michigan. And, And who the hell knows, right? Killer defense, offense makes you want to dry heave. That's what Michigan is, at least coming into 2021. So six and six, that's the number. Give me the over. And there's lots of ways to judge progress on Nebraska football. Uh, How competitive are you against your, your playoff favorites in Oklahoma and Ohio State? And where are you at against Northwestern that's at home? Nebraska's home schedule is is great but also difficult. Their road schedule at Wisconsin, at Minnesota, at Oklahoma, at Michigan State. You can go steal one at Minnesota. You can go steal one at at Wisconsin or Iowa. You got to split one of those two to end the season. Uh, I mean, I'm with you on the 
I'm probably going over six. My the, the game I'm looking at, you said with Illinois, if Illinois beats Nebraska, you'll go over. I'll go, if Nebraska beats Michigan State, I'll go over on Nebraska six wins. I think that's a so good that, sign. That, because, okay, that's that's your that's your uh, that's your turning point. Because I think that is shaping up to me to be a, a one score game, if not a one score game, pretty close to a one score game. And you said three and three. I know you're just throwing that number out there, but look how many one score games there could be on this schedule this year. When you look at Northwestern, that's always a close game. Uh, Purdue's been close the past couple years. Iowa, Michigan State. I could see Michigan being a one score game Minnesota could be a one score game there's a whole bunch of potential one score games and here's so the key for Nebraska this year is just can you be the good team that gets the win in a one score game I think of your regular season you're at six or seven one score games mm-hmm. you, you just are we'll get uh, get Babbers take on this the uh, CBS Sports throwing out the over under number at six uh, Mike Leach less than an hour away the, uh, the biggest baseball fan there is for Mississippi State is there at the College World Series. Uh, Mike Babcock next to Tail Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for spending time. Hale Varsity Radio week, uh, midweek edition. We're not quite to the weekend. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And uh, we'll spend time with uh, Mike Leach here coming up a little bit after five. We say hi to Mike Babcock uh, with Hale Varsity Magazine, HaleVarsity.com, at MDBabs on Twitter. Babbers, what do you know? How's your, how's your Wednesday going? Well, it's going okay. Uh, looks like a nice day, kind of warm. Uh, <laughs> be nice warm. if we got a little rain. <laughs> <laughs> a lot warm. No, I get you. Yeah, a lot warm. So Perfect. I'm going to ask you about the CWS, and I'm going to ask you about uh, the NBA. What what sporting finish, I guess, do you do you like the most? Last second field goal, touchdown, walk off uh, in baseball. Last second in, in basketball. What what's most thrilling for you? Oh, you know, I like the I like the baseball thing, and I and I haven't been following the NBA except mm-hmm. that I want the Suns to do well for that's Jacob Badillo's team. So. Yes. Um, and Greg Smith's Lakers got eliminated, so that's not a not a factor. But uh, uh, so that's that's my interest there. But you know, I I stayed with the uh, with the baseball game last night, uh, the College World Series, thinking that uh, I might see a no hitter, and uh, <laughs> I did for seven innings, mm-hmm. and then uh, things just fell apart. But uh, well, you know that's the uh, that's pretty exciting when when you look at the dynamic of that thing and the guy hits a home run to get him on get Mississippi State on the scoreboard and then they get another one and and uh, you know I just it baseball is a, is a is a tough thing you know it's, it's a tough game because that pitcher just had a remarkable performance through seven innings and uh, you know just that. That's what happens, you know. He was in control of that batter, uh, you thought, but not really. One mistake, one mistake, and it's launched. Two mistakes, you're down. Yeah, and, you know, the thing is, the ballpark there is not just, like, home run friendly. I mean, it, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it has some dimensions. You've got to hit that ball, and and that guy uh, certainly did to get – things going. Babber's going to switch to, to some football here and 
uh, a thought here is CBS Sports now with their their Big Ten projections here. Uh, when it comes to over, under, win totals, uh, William Hills, a sports book that is set in the line. And I'm going to start with Illinois. And I know that's Nebraska's opener. I know there's a lot of eyes on that. It's week zero. How how big of an opener is this, in your opinion, when you look at, at the scope of Nebraska football? And I, I'm asking not to, to pour salt on the hot seat discussion. I'm asking because, well, I mean, Nebraska struggled with Illinois, quite honestly, the last four or five years. So it's not an easy opener, despite who Illinois has been in the Big Ten. Nebraska's not been much better. And oh, by the way, here's Brett Bielema uh, back in the Big Ten West, where he's done pretty well. Yeah, well, but but I think that's the key, is that, that there's a transition. You know, they're, they're, Illinois is going to have a transition um, to a new coach, a uh, new system, or whatever, and this is uh, Illinois' first game right out of the chute. So, um, but I, but I think it's it's critical that Nebraska wins that game. Uh, you know, I know that uh, CBS Sports probably read my hail mary column and realized that six and six was where it was going to be. But for, for Nebraska to be six and six, in my mind, that has to be uh, Illinois has to be one of those six. And if you don't get off with a victory against Illinois, um, it just changes your mindset. I mean, part of it's mental that you got to overcome, and uh, you can't you can't afford to lose to Illinois um, going into the season as your first game. Then you know you've got a little bit of a you've got a little bit of a break, I, I guess. Um, after that, with Fordham and. You know, Nebraska shouldn't be playing for it, and there's no question about that. And then you then you play Buffalo, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, as I as I pointed out, I'm, you know, if Lance Leipold hadn't left Buffalo, uh, I wouldn't necessarily mark that down as a as a as a win because I think Leipold did a tremendous job at Buffalo, and you know, I ho- I hope he does well at Kansas, uh, but uh, that's a that's a difficult thing. But uh, getting back to your question, you know. To be six and six, in my mind, Illinois has to be one of those six. Well, and, and Mike Babcock's with us here, Hale Varsity Magazine, HaleVarsity.com. You know how negative energy can consume in this town and in this state. You get off with a win, you ramp up, you play better against Oklahoma, and then you, you get some confidence going to Sparty. We were just talking, I mean, four and one is doable and in some people's minds probably expected uh, as you head into October. I mean, th- that would that would be pretty nice for Nebraska and Coach Frost in year four. Yeah, it would be. Now, here's another thing when, when we're talking about mindset and, you know, how you respond. So you go to Oklahoma, maybe it's not a one-score game. I mean, maybe things don't go well there at mm-hmm. Oklahoma and you're coming off of a uh, an unpleasant loss there. What's your mindset going to East Lansing? Exactly, and 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 so I think that the, it's important to play well there, but it's certainly important to have a good attitude going to East Lansing because I don't, I don't necessarily count that as automatic. You no. know that you, you've got to have the right mindset there, and this is going back to you know the Huskers beat Illinois to open the season, <laughs> um, and and then if. if if you're in a, if you, if your head's in a good place there, uh, at that point, yeah, I think you got a shot at at, at Michigan State uh, winning that game, um, even though it's on the road. But 
you know, I after that, after the Buffalo game or after the Oklahoma game, um, I, I don't see any certainty. But you know, you kind of broke it down. There, there are a lot of games that are could bees in, in terms of victories, and I, you know, I would assume that that's why Bill Moose made the observation that he did that eight or nine wins a, was a possibility. I think that's a little bit extreme and puts you know adds to the pressure but uh you know maybe that's maybe that's the case you know there are opportunities for nebraska um and uh, it a lot of it depends on where the players heads are uh, going into that that stretch after the oklahoma game now, Mike, one of the things I think is important in getting to six wins this year is protecting the home field, beating the teams you're supposed to be at home. And it's something Scott Frost has struggled with in his first three years. I can't put that all on Scott Frost, but on the team as well. Um, but when you look at the home slate this year, Fordham, Buffalo, Northwestern, Purdue, Iowa, uh, Michigan, and Ohio State, those seven teams, what's a realistic win total expectation there? I mean, I, I think everyone's chalking up the Ohio State game as lost, but everything else seems somewhat winnable. Yeah, and you're right. It's probably either or. Five of the last seven games are at home, so that you know that's good. There's a, there's got to be a little bit of a uh, a good feeling there. Again, the mindset um, that you've got those uh, five of the last seven, but you got to get you got to get things rolling to begin with, um, which means beating Illinois and having a good mindset coming out of Oklahoma and. And, and pulling a win at Michigan State, if you know if you could do that um, in that in that way, then you've got four wins already, and you got five of your last seven games are at home. Um, you're looking at a situation where you could do better than six and six. Um, I personally think it's, it's still going to be six and six, but um, that's progress, as you guys have have mentioned, and it's a bowl eligible team as you mentioned and that's progress now from a fan standpoint probably not but you know okay so seven and five is that are people going to be happy with that or do they do they go to bill moose's statement that eight or nine it's what needs to happen or what could happen i guess is what he said seven and five would be you're going to look at this schedule on its face now and in july and before week zero and you're going to look at the teams. You're going to look at the win total projections, right? You look at Northwestern's probably a six or seven win team. Iowa's an eight and a half win team. Whiskey's a nine or ten win team, depending on how things break. Michigan's at seven, seven and a half. Uh, row your boats at seven. It's a lot of seven win. That's a lot of bowl eligible wins potentially. And I think it's about how you look. Yeah, you want the W. But how do you look? And I think that's been the, the, one of the most energy-draining parts of the, the last couple of coaches, quite honestly. How do you look in a loss? Uh, and and that's, that's something that I think Nebraska can handle Nebraska's own business. You're going to see that thing flip, and there's, there's your eight or nine from, uh, from the moose. Yeah, well, and they, you know, we're, we're talking about, at least I am, I'm making it sound like, Oklahoma's automatic loss, and you know you don't need to pay attention there. I mean, Nebraska is not going to go to that game thinking, "Well, this is a loss." When you know, why are we going to Norman? That's that just waste of our time. Nebraska is going to be focused on winning that game. I don't, you know, it's not it's not automatic. Nothing's automatic, and so I'm going to, you know, I'm not saying that 
from a team standpoint that they're thinking in terms of, well, we're going to lose Oklahoma, so we'll just look ahead and see how we got to do things. I think they'll go out and play play to win. That's what you have to do. That you got to have that mindset. You never believe you're going to lose, um, and and that's genuine feeling. So put that in the mix as well. But uh, you know, I think that's probably a, I got that marked up as a loss, and Ohio State's marked up as a loss. And you, you know, you kind of broke it down with those other teams. I think there's again, if the mindset's right and the start's right. Nebraska's in a position where it's either or in a lot of those games. Mike Babcock's with us, Hale Varsity Magazine, HaleVarsity.com. About 40 seconds here, Mike. Uh, MLB, you love baseball. Back to baseball. We'll finish with baseball. How do you, uh, how, how do you feel about the, the pitcher's reaction with the foreign substance checks? Uh, yeah, uh, I'd, I wish they would handle it a little bit better. The umpires, the, the clips I've seen, the umpires are smiling, and I think they're they're handling it in the best way that they can. I mean, that's the rule, and they're instructed to enforce it, so I wish that the pitchers would would be a little less uh, demonstrative. But, you know, there are other ways for them to get substances on a baseball. I mean, mm-hmm. I watched a Dodger game last night. You know, Justin Turner always has that pine tar on his number on his back. Mm-hmm. Um, you pitcher, you could pat him on the back and get some stuff on your on your <laughs> Giants fan on Dodger fan, right? <laughs> I love that. You know, that's, well, you got to watch those guys. I mean, you got the, the best Dodgers. record there. You got to um, watch the Dodgers, says the Giants yep. fan on the radio. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> for the uh, Padres in this case. No kidding. Babbers, this was fun. We'll, we'll get caught up next week. Appreciate you jumping in with us. Hey, great talking to you guys. We'll see, see you, bud. There he is, Mike Babcock. Get the yearbook. Great stuff by Mike Babcock, specifically uh, his feature on the 71 team. Uh, awesome stuff. Mike Shuhart, Shuey's on the way from Wilderness Ridge. Mike Leach on the way in 20 minutes. And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Thanks for hanging out. Hey, of our city radio on a midweek edition. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Mike Leach, 20 minutes away. The Pirates on his Mississippi State Bulldogs. We will be in Omaha tomorrow right by the College World Series TD Ameritrade zip line where we're going to be their downtown uh, tap house, uh, 721 uh, 14th Street, downtown Omaha. We say hi to Mike Shuhart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Shuey, it's that type of day for a, for a cold beer after 18. How are things at Wilderness? Things are good. A little warm out there, but <laughs> better to have a beer when it's that warm. So, It's that Amon juice, right? Got to have that. All Need right. All the- Eat all the liquid courage you can get. There it is. Just go over the water. Go for it, Chewy. Go for it. Hi. So I need the uh, the Divid Dogs update. How's the crew doing? I always want to start off Wednesdays with the uh, the, the the youth program you uh, head up at Wilderness Ridge. Super awesome what you do for the kids and what the kids uh, learn from you. So how how are things with them Divid Dogs? We need a standings update. Things are good. We had our first match last Thursday. We played. Uh, Firethorn fireballs, and we took them down, beat them seven and a half flags to four and a half flags. So, good start to the season. We got our second match tomorrow against Hillcrest Hammerheads. Mm. So, we're going to try to do some hammering ourselves on the Hammerheads. So, I'm a little worried about tomorrow, though, because Miles, Mr. Miles, 
he can't play tomorrow. He's going to be out of town. So I got to kind of juggle my lineup. Well, don't call Junior. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm noticing a lot of alliteration in these team names, too. Hillcrest Hammerheads, Firethorn Fireballs, but the, the the Divot Dogs, not an alliteration. The Wilderness Ridge Divot Dogs, did you did you have a, like an alliterative name that you could have chosen, or has it always been the Divot Dogs? We actually started out with the Eagles, but we were at practice one day, and one of our youngsters asked what all those things were laying out on the tee. So we came up with a story that those are called divots. But he says, well, when I come the next day to practice, they're all gone. Why is that? He says, well, they're divot dogs. Don't you know what a divot dog is? So he's out in the day. At night, he goes back into his hole. <laughs> and then, then he comes back out. So that's where the name divot dog came from. He's well a divot done. dog. That's good. Mike Schuart's with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. So, Shuey, uh, your thoughts on the uh, the finish and the excitement, the drama with the U.S. Open? Uh, pretty awesome. I mean, it's a fantastic finish. Super happy for John Rom. You know, kind of karma because of what happened to him a few weeks back when he had a withdrawal from Memorial with a six-shot lead, you know, so... And just his finish, you know, and the excitement of the tournament, man, he just he poured in two great putts, how emotional he was, how exciting he was. So it made for great drama, made for a great golf tournament, and it was a great golf tournament. I mean, there was so many guys that were in contention, you know, to have a chance to win the tournament. That always makes tournaments that much more exciting to watch. It was incredible, and you had, you had all of, all of the, the, the guys in contention and then it was so difficult, Shuey, for the field to finish. I mean, you got past 10 or 12, and then it, I mean, it was bugging windshield time. The course yeah. took over. Yeah, that's, you just, it's, it's hard to imagine how difficult the golf courses are, U.S. Open setups. I mean, they're just so demanding and, and brutal, you know, and you, you are playing under those conditions for, four straight days and I mean it just wears on you mentally mentally and one little slip up and the course is just going to eat you up and it did I mean guys are just mentally drained trying to finish those tournaments and the course is just that it, they're just so hard I mean the fairways are so narrow the rough is so thick the greens are fast they're hard um, later in the day they get bumpy so it's just it's just a it's a torture test is really what it is you know, I talked to somebody that said, you know, they went and saw the U.S. Open, and it's like it was the best tournament and the worst tournament because all the players were so kind of grumpy. And it's like you'd be grumpy, too, if you just got beat on for five straight hours for four straight days. <laughs> you wouldn't be too happy either. Shuey, that's just it. And you touched on just what you're putting on, just how difficult putting would be. And you had some of the best putters on tour – looking like me from from two feet yeah if, if you if you as just a patron went to that golf course and played you, you would walk off and go this golf course is terrible you know because it's like the greens are crusty they're thin they're bumpy and it's like you, you wouldn't be happy playing under those conditions but that's that's what usga wants i mean they want to they want to Press it to the limit, and they want to test your skills 
not only physically but mentally right to the limit to see you know, who who can come out at the end, basically being able to overcome all of those obstacles. Mike Schwartz with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Yeah, Mike, you talk about the whole mental strain here of this, and then I also saw on Sunday you had a, a streaker coming out and hitting golf balls off the fairways before he was eventually uh, taken into custody. So w- would that be something that adds to the mental burden, or is that something that would take away and give you a chance to laugh? Uh, it, everybody's a little bit different. Some guys would actually it would break up some of the monotony. Other guys would get pretty frustrated. I know I saw just watching it on, uh, I can't remember what hole it is, like four or five, when the hang gliders were out there, hang gliding around, it it was distracting to a lot of the players out there. Other guys were going, hey, look at that, that's pretty cool. So everybody's so different in how they react to that. So did you ever play in a tournament where there was was a streaker? Yeah. Kind of, not really run that we ran around the golf course, but I played in the Byron Nelson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have a big hotel that's right there on the, and it surrounds kind of the chipping putting area. And there was a gal up there about mid level of the hotel on the corner suite, and she just kept lifting her top up to everybody that was out there putting. So it's like okay, so the putting green got pretty. Pretty packed after a while. <laughs> was, was it worth the view? Uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. <laughs> uh, why is the green so busy? Oh, exactly. I see the corner room. <laughs> Shuey, what's uh, going on with you? About uh, about thirty seconds here with uh, Wilderness Ridge, as far as uh, youth and memberships, and, and also, of course, the the fits. Yeah, we're, we're hot and heavy into our junior programs. You know, Divot Dogs practice and competition, our junior league. We started that a couple weeks in. We did our evaluations last week. Uh, we got another junior camp coming up in a couple weeks. So our junior programs are, are off and running. Um, and we have uh, PXG, the company. They'll be coming in Thursday and Friday. So doing fittings. So we got a lot of stuff going on in our progress on our building slowly coming along so it's it's going to be super fun when it's done it's going to be super impressive so can't wait can't wait shuey that is awesome we'll check in next week thanks for giving us a few minutes today bud stay cool you bet always take care see you bud there he is mike shuart wilderness ridge golf uh go see shuey get fixed get fit and uh send your your little one his way and They'll start winning you money on the golf course. All right. 10-minute warning for Mike Leach. Hail Varsity continues. We'll wind down Hour 1 presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chime in. 402-466-ESPN. Or email the show. Chris at HailVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Hale Varsity Radio, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Again, if you're headed up to uh, the CWS tomorrow, we are at Zipline leading into the uh, the 6 o'clock first pitch at TD Ameritrade. Just around the corner from TD Ameritrade, Zipline, their Omaha Tap House, downtown Omaha. I want to see you there. We're live 4 to 6. And uh, buckle up if you are going or if you're just out and about Reminder that there's over 1,500 crashes each year in Nebraska involving an impaired driver driving drunk, buzzed, or high. 
never acceptable and law enforcement officers are working every day to stop it before more people are killed or injured. If you're going to drink, please find a designated or sober driver or get a ride share and uh, get a ride. A DUI costs more than you think. This message brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. What do you remember last night about the finish? Is it the Anton Alleyoop and uh, the 11 minutes in real time finish for uh, the review? Or is it, well, is it PG? And uh, what happened to him at the free throw line? Ball game. Missed another. And the full timeout. Paul George misses a pair. And the Suns with a chance to win it. With 7.8 remaining. Oh, man. That was magic on Twitter where it's the Paul George Gatorade commercial ball game. And then you cut to the the furious finish where, bang, you, you miss two key free throws. There's free throws, there's percentage, and then there's key moment free throws when it's to ice it. Or, or tie it or take the lead. And good luck and God bless simulating that. And that was one of those ball don't lie moments. Like, I mean, anyone who's played pickup basketball knows ball don't lie. If, mm-hmm. if like, you call a foul and it was a weak ticky-tacky foul call, you're going to miss your next shot. It's just, it's just what happens. Rasheed Wallace is so much the prophet with ball don't <laughs> lie 20 years ago. Yeah, and uh, then last night you had the, the whole Patrick Beverly moment where he knocked it out of bounds, but it happened to be in Devin Booker's hand for a split second after mm-hmm. Patrick Beverly hit it out, and everyone in that entire arena was expecting it to be Suns ball until they saw the replay. And you go, oh, maybe that did stay on Devin Booker. And, and no one wanted that to be uh, to go the other way to the Clippers. That was one of those plays where it's, let's reset, let's give it back to the mm-hmm. Suns. There's a good play by Patrick Beverly to knock it out, but instead, you go to video replay, and then, okay, the Clippers get the ball. So, obviously, um, Paul George is going to miss both of his free throws. That's just, that's just the way the game works. It's the basketball karma. I'll say this, and listen, the, the job Ty Lue has done in L.A., he, he, we've always been fans of, of Lou, obviously, with his Nebraska ties and having a chance to, to watch him and cover him. He's awesome. And the, well, riding LeBron's coattails take, how credible is his NBA title in Cleveland? Dude can coach. Guy, guys want to play for him. Guys will play hard for him. He's jacking around without Kawhi Leonard. And he still has the Clippers in the finals. And he's out of a position to win both these last two games. Yeah, they're right there, down a man. And Paul George is one of these guys that is uber-talented, but is in his own head, you know? And you got to be a guy that can step up and make those free throws. Conversely, Phoenix made the plays when it counted. All right, buckle up. The Pirates next. Mike Leach on the way. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. I tell you what, the uh, the fan favorite, one of them in Omaha, is Mississippi State. The Cardiac Dogs uh, down 4 nothing to Virginia, and 
able to hang on for a 6-5 win. The, the biggest Mississippi State baseball fan, uh, Mike Leach, head coach of Mississippi State football, the Pirate with us. Coach, where, how was that game for you last night? What type of fan are you when you watch sporting events? Are you in the edge of your seat? Are you pacing around? Or are you just chilling? I'm more of an observer. I want to see... I want to see him uh, play hard, play well, and play smart. Basically, I try to draw, uh, you know, what I would do if I was coaching him. I got, I play that mental exercise. You know, I would do this here. I would do that here. Uh, you know, uh, I wonder if it'd be a good idea to do this or that. I, I do that whole game, um, and then uh, and sort of try to challenge myself in those situations, and then. Uh, the other thing I, uh, um, you know, of course I gauge everything by, are they playing hard? Do they stay in, you know, do they keep battling when they're ahead? Do they battle when they're behind? And then, uh, and then of course I started coaching out coaching baseball. So I really like baseball. And then, uh, you know, and just, uh, I just try to evaluate and see what I want, see what I can learn, but then entertain myself with, uh, you know, what what I've done in that situation. Mike Leach with us, Hale Varsity Radio. <laughs> Coach, so I want to go back to, to that, that baseball coaching stint. Tell us about it. Well, I started when I was 15, and, and um, through 15 through my sophomore year in college, I had a team every year, and they ranged, uh, you know, everywhere from, uh, you know, depending what year, from 9 to uh, 15, you know, mm-hmm. and so – um, no, it was good. I thought it, you know, I think there's a point to where coaching's coaching and, you know, you're teaching. And I think it, I, I don't think I'd be coaching today, uh, without that experience. And cause I, I really caught the coaching bug then, uh, I was playing football and in high school, of course, when that started. So it was pretty tough for me to coach uh, football while I was playing that and there weren't a lot of <laughs> football teams to coach in Wyoming at uh, at a young age and then <clears throat> and then um, but every summer and, and Cody was a big baseball town I had a team every summer and um, and enjoyed it uh, you know it was uh I, and I had a, a ton of jobs. Wyoming was an easy place to get a job. And it wasn't some crazy child labor. I'm a victim bullshit either. It was a deal where uh, <laughs> it, 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 it was very uh, it was very free enterprise capitalistic uh, 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 entrepreneur at the highest order. I mean, I had a job since I was actually before that since i was 12 i had this paper out which that was the worst job i ever had but um but no we we didn't have jobs because of uh, some child labor thing we had jobs because we were greedy we wanted money (laughs) and we wanted to buy things if you needed a new pair of levi's you wanted to be in a position to get one you like the converse instead of the jc Penney's tennis shoes you wanted to have the extra bucks you know to add on to your what your parents were paying to get the converse instead you know uh can i go to a movie hell yeah i could go to a movie see this money right here and um so that's uh was kind of the motivation but you know we had some advantages we had farming ranching tourism and then of course tourism is the best for when you're a kid because of the 
restaurants, the lawns that need to be mowed and the rest. And then, um, but no, I, I had a job. I literally had a job since I was 12. I remember, um, and 12 is too early to have a paper out, especially in Northwest Wyoming, where you do it on a bicycle with driving wind and it might be 20 below zero. And I, and, and part of the reason I've never been a morning person since. <laughs> it, ru- I, I it, that, it ruined you? <laughs> I had that morning paper out when I was 12 and it was so brutal getting up in bitter cold weather and then, you know, in Wyoming's kind of spread out. So it's kind of a spread out route. And, um, and I've never been a morning person since when I quit that paper out, boy, I got up as late as I could from there on and had the rest of my life and, uh, not to miss anything at night, you know? Mm. And then, um, uh, but then, uh, yeah. And I had some great jobs, you know, some jobs are, a lot more fun than you'd think. I'll tell you this. One of the funnest jobs I had was working at the Irma Hotel, a hotel that Buffalo Bill founded, and um, uh, bussing tables and washing dishes because, you know, there are a bunch of hot girls from high school running around there and just some regular buddies you could uh, hang out with and talk in the back room and do your thing. Tourists would come through. They were fascinating and interesting and you know, you got to where you remembered who ordered what. Oh, it was it was great. I mean, because there was a lot of uh, personal exchange and dialogue, you know. And then I worked at a mansion, which was one of the most coveted jobs. This guy was the he was the founder and the president of Husky Oil back when they had Husky Oil gas stations. Now it's founded in Cody, and. Uh, you know, and everybody was jealous of that job because I'm, you know, working at this pretty mansion. Well, the trouble with that job was, uh, <laughs> you know, you're mowing a lawn all by yourself. You know, you're sitting there in front of a flower bed planting flowers all day all by yourself. You're trimming a bush all by yourself. The only time you ever saw anybody was uh, if the head uh, <clears throat> groundskeeper was ticked off about something or going to set you up for something new and then there's one other grounds guy besides me i'd see him at lunch but other than that you know it was the most boring job i could not wait to make half the money and go bust tables and wash dishes well it was all about the experience mike leach with us we're talking summer jobs his love for baseball so from a personality standpoint what what was your personality like? Were you like were you more like a Lou Brown from Major League, or were you more like Buttermaker from uh, Bad News Bears? Oh, I, I tell you, my favorite guy, my favorite guy who I loved the most, and it was kind of when he was on a roll bouncing between teams. I loved Billy Martin. I was gonna say you're a Billy guy. guy. <laughs> Billy Martin was my guy. And he that's back when he was bouncing from team to team to team. To this day, I've read every single book I can find on Billy Martin. And then um, and uh, I'll tell you one interesting thing. And I, I know a guy who somehow knew his son. And okay. his son actually went to Texas Tech, but not when I was there. 
and uh, what a great guy he is. And, and sometime when I get to uh, Dallas or what, wherever, I need to get together with him. And I just want to—I just want to hear the stories, you know, hear about his dad and all that stuff. And you know, because yeah, uh, for good or for bad, he definitely inspired me as a coach. There have been times where they said. You know, which coach inspired you the most to coach? And, you know, of course, they want a football one, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, uh, well, it's Billy Martin, you know. (laughs) I love seeing him pull Reggie, watching the old baseball highlights. Him and Reggie just go at it in the dugout. Reggie wasn't hustling after a baseball. You're out. I don't care that you're making a million in the late 70s. That was uh, that was entertaining. Mike Leach with us on Hale Varsity. Coach, where are you at? You getting a coffee? Yeah, I am. I'm getting a, a colada, which is uh, basically uh, Cuban coffee. It's basically a double shot of espresso, except it's Cuban coffee. And they, um, they have a way of doing the foam or the – so it foams uh, almost like a milkshake with Ooh. the brown sugar in it, you know, and – for the most part, coffee tastes awful, and it's designed to, so you don't drink it too fast. But um, uh, coladas are better, and then plus they jack you up pretty good. So that's the point anyway. Coach, uh, I was uh, looking, and, and I found that there's a a book of Leech out, volume two, some of your greatest quotes, and it, it just came out, and... <laughs> Tell me about the instance, and maybe it's routine when it's time for an onside or a squib kick, but uh, the squib kick it to a fat guy. When did that happen? Oh, geez, I'll tell you what. Today, and that's a true quote, too. So we're playing Texas. <laughs> we're playing Texas, and um, and this is the famous game against Texas where we beat number one Texas in Lubbock. Uh, so Texas, because we knocked Texas out of three national championships, I believe. But and Nebraska says thank you. <laughs> yeah, and then well, we so then uh, Texas, you know, so we anyway we throw the ball to uh, Michael Crabtree scores. Our, our, our fans storm the field. Mm-hmm. Okay, then uh, uh, and then we. Uh, kick the extra point and then it's penalty to be assessed on the kickoff right okay then we kick the extra point fans storm the field another penalty be assessed on the kickoff and then uh something else happened i don't know what happened anyway they stormed the field three times and uh and you know, at, at nearly every other place in the world, there would not be an extra second on the clock. But, um, you know, Lubbock, which uh, uh, at, at the, whoever that, that clock keeper up there is, you know, they need to find him a new one. Because um, that guy's got some kind of uh, Lubbock guilt or just, you know, somehow doesn't think we deserve to knock off number one Texas and we should have worse than we did but because we got massively screwed on a offensive PI going in but anyway despite that we overcame all that stormed the field three times 
So I look up, and of course we're ahead, and we are kicking the ball off from the minus seven. Oh no! To the University of Texas. Okay, now the slow guys at the University of Texas were faster than our fast guys. So, uh, and so then we're looking out there. You know, well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> And, well, if we kick it way downfield, because you know they're going to do the toss, toss, toss from behind, kind of try to rugby toss the thing until they find their way to the end zone. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I told the kicker, and I love the kicker, um, I think it was Matt Williams, and I said, squib kick it uh, to a fat guy. And when she executed that beautifully – thinking that the fat guy doesn't have this good hand skills right mm-hmm. and um and then and better yet he can't run with it once he gets it well he squib kicks it to a, a, a big old thick guy and uh this guy feels it like a shortstop i mean it looked like ozzy smith out there <laughs> fielding a baseball oh no i mean you know squib kick uh second left we get it one more shot Oh, my God. He, he just, he just, uh, I mean, smooth. You know, the ball's end over end, smooth. And then he pitches it uh, to, you know, uh, like the fastest guy out there. This, you know, this skinny guy that's just faster than hell. And then, fortunately, that guy bobbled the ball. You know, he bats it around and then uh, – we pounce on it game over you know and uh so at any rate yeah so that's where squib kick it to a fat guy came from and uh i thought it was better advice at the time than it was this particular guy he could field it and pass it but uh fortunately his buddy couldn't and then um but yeah that guy's uh, just kind of follows the newspaper writes up some quotes and stuff and I need to get that book he signed and gave me uh, the first book and that's cool I need to get the I need to get this one if no, if for no other reason to keep track of what I said so I don't forget you know and so then uh, and know what I'm up against you know Mike Leach with us Hale Varsity Radio he's down in Key West grabbing a coffee talking with us and uh, we're talking a lot of baseball, squib kicking to fat people. Gotta love the pirate. We'll have more with Coach Leach here next segment. Uh, got that Havana coffee. We're talking about squib kicking to fat people. And uh, there's your story behind the quote. And I asked him, his first gig was was a manager that got him into coaching. And he still has disdain for... All those days as a paper boy in Cody, Wyoming. See, what he doesn't understand on the squib kick it to fat kids thing is, though, is as, as a former fat kid, anytime it was scout team, hands team, we're going to practice our onside, you know, I'm volunteering first to get out there. I'm so going to go catch touch a the football. Ball. Yeah. You touch the ball and go <laughs> Billy Bob and uh, the fat kids might have more practice varsity than blues. the usual kids, you know. No. More from the Pirate. We'll dive a little further into that infamous Texas, Texas Tech 08 shocker. With crab tea, Crabtree taking it to the house. More with Coach Leach next to Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could 
Listen to the radio listen. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Mike Leach still with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, coached down in Key West and uh, watching the CWS from afar. And, Coach, I want to go back to that Texas game because I remember it pretty vividly, just the party down in Lubbock. I remember just the, the, the guts and then the execution. Take us back into the, the timeout or just going into that play to Crabtree where you – and I don't think you called a timeout, but there was – you come back from commercial break. It's ABC, right? Musburger's doing the game. Things are rolling. You're moving the ball, and then you just keep on rolling, and, and you, don't, you don't pause. But you had to discuss something, didn't you, going into that, that final drive? The final drive – well, the final drive – and it was exciting from this standpoint too some of the wounds self-inflicted so we go you know we're going in to nail the coffin shut on texas and uh and so michael crabtree runs a corner route Mm -hmm. and uh fakes out the he fakes out the db and just screws him in the ground. Never touches it. To this day, he touched him. And I know. I've watched that film, uh, not just on the field, but I've watched the film like 10 times over and over because it's one of the most unfathomable calls I've ever seen. And um, so uh, Crabtree catches it. It's going to be like first and 10 on the four-yard line going in, which means – not only are we going to score, but we're also going to get to eat the clock, right? Right. And, and um, well, so no, no, offensive pass interference, offensive pass interference, uh, 15 yards back, all this other stuff, right? Yeah. Insane, okay? And then it's like, I don't know, something like second and 25 or something. I'd, I'd have to look. But, um, and, and, you know, all we got to do is just kind of put it in play. And, and, of course, I think our team panicked a little bit and we didn't uh, play as well as we could have because I thought that was a, quite a manageable, um, even though it was long. I mean, because we had – shots but we you know we tried to throw to the end zone all we really needed to do was just put it in play and we would have been in good shape but that's not what we did so then we end up kicking a field goal and um and we hit that which that puts us up by four or no by uh i can't remember it puts Mm -hmm. us up by uh three or four right yeah, and then, um, well, so then we kept it. We kick off to Texas, and they go storming down the field. It did not take them long at all. And they go storming down the field, and they score. And, and then, uh, and so then we're down. We're, we're down by three. And, um, I think we're down by three. Because you, then, ended, you uh, ended up going forward to, to try and get the touchdown versus the field goal as those as the game was winding down, correct? Well, we we 
but we had some time. You know, we still could have kicked the field goal, but, you know, had time for a play or two and definitely uh, at least one play. Mm -hmm. So he, he, he backed shoulders Crabtree, which was a brilliant job to do. And then um, so he hits Crabtree. Crabtree runs right through the safety, scores a touchdown. And then um, and then uh, and we work on that back shoulder all the time. Everybody says, oh, we underthrew it, but it worked. No, no, no. We work on that, actually. And then um, <laughs> and, and, and then um, so um, uh, well, so then he, he, he scores, and then of course that's where the fun begins with uh, with uh, you know um, the square kicking off from the kicking off from the minus seven. I've never even seen that happen. I don't think, but anyway, I was there. Mike Leach with us, Hale Varsity Radio, talking uh, baseball, Texas Tech over Texas, the the infamous uh, Crabtree catch and win. And, Coach, what's I want to ask you this, and with Bill Moose and your relationship, you know, when you do well and you, you succeed, Coach, uh, you have uh, you have Bill Moose that's been on the record about saying, hey, I reward my coaches – who do well, and and that's kind of on the horizon for Nebraska's baseball coach Will Bolt. Really good, good guy, but uh, great baseball coach. Phenomenal season for Nebraska baseball. But what's what's Moose like when when you're doing well? Because you got to, to Wazoo, you built that up, you won, you you won eleven games for God's sake, and that was super impressive. But what's that interaction like when 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 your boss comes to you and says, "Hey, great job." Uh, when it's AD to, to head football coach? Uh, he, he, he's outstanding. You know, Bill was a former team captain there Yeah, at Washington State and, of course, played O-line. And those guys, uh, I just think, uh, oftentimes understand no uh, football, all that, uh, and just, uh, I don't know, just, uh, you know, it's uh, if you're an O-lineman, it means something important to you to make those kind of sacrifices and bill personifies that. And then, uh, uh, you know, bill was, uh, wanted to win really bad and just so optimistic, just crazy optimistic. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, you know, and then after you win, bill would celebrate like a Viking with you, you know, he just, <laughs> he just loved the whole thing. Well, Mike Leach with us. Coach, we'll uh, let you be. Enjoy Key West and uh, get up to Omaha sometime. Uh, and we'd love to, to see you at the CWS. Yeah, you never know because, uh, you know, good good luck to Mississippi State. Hope we keep rolling, win the whole thing. Hail State. Well, absolutely. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll get caught up again, Coach. You take care and enjoy Key West. All right. Thank you. You too. Coach Mike Leach, he's just walking around Key West, had himself a coffee. He was probably going to go grab some dinner. And uh, that was uh, no doubt fun entertaining uh, between the, the paper route stories, coaching, his love for Billy Martin, and uh, the whole story on Texas, Texas Tech. You, you remember that. You were younger, but that was that's like one of those flashbulb moments in that 08 season where you had a three-way tie for the, for the Big 12. And 
<laughs> Little things. Kick it to a fat guy. And that was one of the games that made me love college football. It's was just, watching that Texas Tech-Texas game. That was incredible. I'll still go back and watch the highlights. That 2008 season is one of the best of all time. Just in- incredible stuff. And, I mean, that's like in my football fandom. That's a game that will always stand out in my memory. Well, in, in a little earlier in that year... Right, you had Nebraska going to overtime against that Tech team that was ranked in the top ten. So let's talk foreign substances, and it got uncomfortable for some yesterday, uh, last night with baseball because of, uh, well, of how the pitchers reacted. You had the blow up between Scherzer and uh, Joe Girardi, Philly. And uh, the Nationals, Joe Girardi here, three times he asked uh, to have Scherzer checked. I've seen Max a long time, since 2010. Um, Obviously, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, But I've never seen him wipe his head like he was doing tonight, ever. Um, Going like this, right? So it was suspicious for me. He did it about four or five times. Um, It was suspicious. I didn't mean to offend anyone. I just got to do what's right for our club. And Scherzer, furious. Here's my palms, slammed his glove down, took his hat off, took the belt out. And uh, he, he was furious. More from Girardi here as to the other side of the coin here, why the Nationals were upset. I can see it. Um, and, and I don't have a problem if Davey's mad at me. I, I, I don't. Um, but... You know, I thought they were attacking me, and, and that's okay, too. I mean, hey, that's that's all part of it. Um, but, again, we're here to win games, and I'm here to do right by our team, and that's what I'm going to do. Girardi was a little much, asking three times. Uh, now here's Max Scherzer, and his explanation, did you not do your, your, your dandruff medication, Sergio? What's up with grabbing and wiping your head like you did? Obviously, Girardi um, – you know, for me, it's, you know, kind of confusing. Um, if you watch the bomb at bat, um, I mean, I just, I almost put a 95 mile an hour fastball on his head because the ball slipped out of my hand. Um, you know, the whole night I was sick of kind of licking my fingers and tasting rosin the whole night. So the only part, I couldn't even get sweat from the back of my head because it wasn't a really a warm night. Um, so for me, I, the only part that was sweaty on me was actually my hair. Um, so I had to take off my hat to be able to try to get any type of, uh, you know, try to get some type of moisture on my hand uh, to try to you know mix with the mix with the rosin last thought here from Sergio uh, as far as using an illegal substance I'm not just gonna get into it it's just it is what it is it, you know just for me it, it's it, it, when you look at the, how the game unfolded and, and you specifically that at bat um, you know I, I don't you know, for me I, I don't think <laughs> I'd have to be an absolute fool to actually use something tonight when everybody's intent is out of, you know, everybody's intent is, you know, so far high to look for anything. Speaking of antennas, uh, Sergio, Sergio Romo for the Oakland A's uh, almost went, uh, well, went the end of slap shot. And, uh, and, and <laughs> he, uh, he whipped his belt off, pulled down the old baseball uni. And says, go ahead and check. He looked ready to turn and cough. <laughs> yeah. Or or it looked like it was uh, it was his honeymoon. <laughs> That's the best part of, uh, of, of Twitter last night was seeing, you know, me when I get home from shore leave, right? Or, you know, 
the uh, pick NBA player when he goes on a two week road trip away from his wife. You know, <laughs> as soon as they go hit Cancun after the season ends, right? You're you're ready to go swim it and toss but, that hat off, toss the glove off, belts coming off. It is, <laughs> and uh, you had. As, as Babbers eloquently put, demonstrative actions by pitchers yesterday. We'll see if uh, there's a, a sequel to that or not, but good stuff. Uh, check out the podcast. Give us a rating. We'd love your feedback, good, bad, or ugly. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Hail Varsity Radio. And uh, tell us what you think and check ESPNLincoln.com, the on-demand portion Uh, For some of the interviews today, Mike Leach to kick us off this second hour. And uh, that'll also be up in its entirety. Our sit-down with the Pirate down in Key West. uh, ESPN Lincoln on the Twitter handle. A Jock Doc's on the way. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a car pre-teen Swedish boy. Back in, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Dr. Ben Woodhead with us. Ben, you enjoying the summer? Good to talk. Yeah, I am. Trying to get used to this heat as it's starting to rise, but it's great to be out and doing things, I'll tell you that. It is. A little golf, a little pool time, time with the family. That's the way to do it, man. It's about as good as it gets, making up for last year. Well, and a guy that is... Well, pool bound, even though his team's still playing. The L.A. Clippers, man, and, and Coach Ty Lue's done an incredible job getting him to the Western Conference Finals. They're supposed to be doing this with Kawhi Leonard. They are not because he's out indefinitely with an ACL issue. And Dr. Ben, I, I'd like your take here on just what is going on with Kawhi. Uh, specifically getting into the difference between a rupture slash tear and then just a sprain, because I know there's different grades that while you may not tear it, man, uh, a sprain or a strained ACL can keep you on the shelf for a while. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're still a little bit in the dark on exactly what's going on with him. We just know that he's out. Um, But, you know, if you have the big injury where you actually rupture it, you know, there's really not any grades in between there. You either tore it or you didn't. And uh, it sign- significantly will add to your rehab because that requires surgery in a high-level athlete. If you do not take care of the ACL and, and reconstruct the whole thing, these athletes, they're going to have instability where their knee feels like it's basically sliding in and out um, if that is not reconstructed. And so that brings on a whole other set of rehab and recovery. And, you know, you're at an increased to uh, increased risk of tearing it at a later date. Now, if you only had a sprain, <clears throat> you have your ligament that connects from your femur bone or your thigh bone to your shin bone or your tibia. And if you really just tweak that and stretch it out a little bit or, or injure it without fully rupturing all the way across, oftentimes those never need surgery. They'll heal down and they'll actually scar down. But the problem is, is you still got to take time off of it and rest. That rest is so key and it's not public, just the, the severity of the Kawhi Leonard injury. Uh, he has had a history of injury when you look at his quad and how things ended in San Antonio. And uh, he was really careful with his return, and and that rubbed some Spurs fans wrong. 
Uh, but his return was great, right in time for free agency, goes to Toronto, does his thing, wins a ring, and that's not something he's unfamiliar with. He's great and a great two-way player. When it comes to, to, to the rest portion, what are some, some exercises or some rehab if we're talking sprain slash strain of the ACL uh, that, that Leonard can can maybe start doing if there is in any sliver of a chance to get back to the NBA Finals, if that's where L.A. goes? Yeah, it depends on the severity of the sprain or, or the strain. You know, the hard part is that it, once you do have that injury and if you didn't actually tear it, um, you know, he probably has some swelling in the knee joint. And until his range of motion is full, the swelling is down and he has no pain, you know, if he were to go back in the NBA finals, he's certainly at a higher risk of actually tearing that ligament. And, uh, you know, the hard part is there's never a perfect time, right, to have an injury like this. But there's certainly not a worse timing than during the NBA finals. And so, you know, your <clears throat> your rapid impulse is one want to get back as soon as possible. But, you know, at the same time, if he were to re-rupture this ACL, or rupture it, I should say, the ACL, um, you know, that's going to put him out potentially next season. So you're kind of caught between a rock and a hard place, and you got to make the best educated decision that you can on what's the safest for him. What are some treatments that can happen for him along with the rest? Yeah, and so the important thing is sometimes the quad can shut down in that interim phase after after you do have the ACL strain. And so they'll keep his strength uh, up. He'll still be doing hamstring strength, quad strength, working on his motion, Um since the ACL is technically inside the joint, there's not a lot of true like ultrasound and soft tissue stuff that you can do for the actual ligament, but you can work on the surrounding symptoms like the swelling, like I said, the quad strength, and just make sure that by the time that he is feeling ready to go, that he is ready to go. What's the uh, the remnants, Dr. Ben? Dr. Ben Woodhead's with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. We're talking Kawhi Leonard, a junk doc Wednesday. Say Say Kawhi gets back, and we don't know if that's going to happen or not going to happen, but say there's a small chance. And I remember uh, instances where guys came back from injury and tried to give it a go. And, and there's been a lot of instances of football guys doing it. So you're back. You got this 7,000-pound brace. At least it looks like it on TV, and you're trying to go and give it your all. Uh, is there more physical strain uh, if you're playing dinged or would you say, okay, that brace will do its job along with the rehab side is the mental worry almost cause you to be on the fritz a little bit. Well, I think these athletes, when they're not clicking on all cylinders, that mental aspect is probably the biggest hurdle to get over. You know, when he's wearing a brace, the whole goal for the brace <clears throat> is to basically supplement whatever injury happened to his ACL because the ACL keeps your knee stable. And so how that brace is allegedly supposed to function to keep the knee stable, right? So when he goes up to jump, when he cuts, when he pivots, it's supposed to help augment that ACL strength. And so, yeah, it can do so much, but at the same time, a lot of it is that mental Mm. obstacle to get over because these guys, they rely so much on their instincts that, you know, if that's in the back of their mind, you know, it can certainly pull them back from being a hundred percent. If you've got a really horrid sprain, a grade three sprain or strain and you come back and say, everything's been cleared. Okay. But what about uh, the, the fact you go forward, are you more likely to, to, to tear that ACL after a strain or a sprain? 
Well, it depends on how much the strain or the sprain is. You know, you can certainly tear, you know, some of the fibers of the ACL or weaken them. It's kind of use the analogy of a stack of 100 sheets of papers and say you tear 90% of them or, or 80% or 20%. You know, you're weakening that ligament to some extent if you did have the, the partial tear or the sprain. And so you certainly, <clears throat> unless it scars in completely, you're certainly not going to have the strength that you had from your original ACL. So it certainly places you at a risk if that all those fibers or all those ligaments do not heal. Is there a greater propensity of tendonitis, discomfort after you've had a strain or a sprain or once it heals, it heals? Well, that's a good question because, you know, you're relying on scar tissue. If, if some of the fibers are torn, you're relying on scar tissue in that knee joint. So, yeah, it's not it's not like the the ACL necessarily that God designed if some of that is scar that actually forms in. But if he just strained it and didn't tear any fibers and kind of tweaked the ACL, hopefully that'll be back to 100%. Dr. Ben Woodhead's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, a Jock Doc Wednesday, uh, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Last thought here, Dr. Ben, when it comes to, to speed and agility and, and elevation, how, how vital is the ACL? You know, for speed-wise, you know, straight-ahead running might not be as vital as the cutting, the pivoting, mm-hmm. the landing, the jumping, but that's essentially all basketball is. And so, you know, it's different than other sports. Sprinters, um, you know, necessarily a baseball player way who may not be affected as much, but basketball, you know, the ACL plays such a huge role in the stability of the knee and how these guys function that I do think it, it does affect him, and he will notice if, you know, he has a severe sprain or strain. Dr. Ben, thanks for the time today. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Chris. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring me in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, big thanks to Mike Leach, Mike Babcock, Mike Schuhart. And, of course, Dr. Ben Woodhead. Tomorrow we are on the road again. Sing it, Willie. Back at uh, Zipline, the downtown Omaha location just around the corner from the College World Series TD Ameritrade Park. So we're there four to six. You're on your way up. Uh, Come by, get a cocktail, and say hello and say hi to the great folks at Zipline. Tomorrow on the show, Pat Casey, former Oregon State head baseball coach, three-time National champion, get his take on the series so far. Gary Barnett to talk some college ball with us. Brandon Vogel, managing editor from Hale Varsity, will be with us. And the pride of Chicago, Danny Burke, Burke's best bets. Are you fired up for another road show this week at the CWS? How could you not be fired up for another road show? Get up there, like just getting around the fans at the College World Series, like even if you don't get into the game, just like the experience of Omaha during College World Series time is is well worth it. Well, and, and you know how packed the, the joint was with uh, some of our uh, listeners that were on their way up, which was awesome, but also all the NC State fans that were up there. Who are you feeling tonight? Are you going with Vandy or are you going with Stanford? Hmm. My mind tells me Vandy, but with their performances so far in the College World Series, I'm not sold on them so far because their hitting hasn't necessarily backed up their pitching. Um, they got saved uh, late in that first game, but then couldn't put up a single run. I mean, that uh, what was it? Arizona pitcher on uh, not Saturday. Arizona. 
who 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 do they uh, who is the pitcher on uh, Monday night? Don't even know his name, but he had a lights out game against Vandy. They couldn't put up a single run, and uh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm sold on what they have outside of uh, Lighter and Rocker. So I might be on the, on Team Stanford tonight. <laughs> well, and Stanford is uh, battle tested, of course. Your defending national champs are Vandy. A reminder about your friends at West Blue Realty. You are thinking about moving. Time to sell that house now that it's an all-time high price-wise. Are you looking because the market, hey, it's selective right now with what is for sale. Let your friends at West Blue Realty point you in the right direction. Tom Luby, Kelly Hofsnyder do an amazing job. And westblueRealty.com is where you can log on and find out more info. Tom Luby, give him a ring today at 402-540-3768. Or you can call Kelly Hofschneider. Kelly's number at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue. You're buying or selling. It's, uh, it's an opportune time right now for you. And uh, go take a, an appointment with them today. Tom Luby, Kelly Hofschneider at 1120 K Street, Suite 200 uh, in Lincoln. So busy night uh, in Omaha with Vandy or Stanford, win or go home. And then uh, ball games tomorrow at the uh, CWS. We'll be up there, 4 to 6 Roadshow, CWS Zipline, downtown Omaha. Elijah's making the roadie. Uh, I'll be there. That'll be good stuff. Willie J. Will Wilson anchoring us back here in studio. Who you got tonight, Milwaukee or Atlanta? Milwaukee minus eight. Probably got to go with Milwaukee in game one on their home floor, especially after that the the emotions that they had to uh, put out in that net series. You got to think they're still riding high. I think so. We'll see if it carries over. Talk to you tomorrow from Zipline, CWS. Take care.